It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another guy, and this one is well-documented, we all remember it, is, of course, Manny Ramirez. Manny Ramirez is on the ballot for the sixth time. Manny's complicated because I think we'd all agree he is a Hall of Famer. But he's a steroid guy. So if you're uh, an anti-steroid guy, you're not going to vote for Manny Ramirez. Guy got busted for steroids. If you don't give a rat's ass, then you're pro Manny Ramirez. We came very close, or at least we thought we came very close, to getting Manny Ramirez for Lasting's millage before he was eventually traded to the Los Angeles Dodgers in the midst of the 2008 season. But I think we were going after Manny during the 2006 season, or I'm sorry, 2007 season. Seven into eight was when the rumors were really flying. They ended up trading Lasting's Millage anyway to the Nationals in that trade for Ryan Church and Brian Schneider. But it it would have been good to a degree because Manny at that point was 35 years old and was on the decline. He had that monster second half in 2008 for the Dodgers where it became Manny Wood. And that was really it. You know, Manny Ramirez then got busted for steroids didn't play a lot, was relatively productive when he played, and then bounced around the league. You know, by 2010, he's everywhere. I don't know if anybody remembers this. He actually played for the Tampa Bay Rays for five games, played for the Chicago White Sox, played for the LA Dodgers. So not that Millage turned into anything because he didn't, but if we got Manny going into 09, 08, kind of in that range, he probably makes a huge difference in 08. Like maybe the Mets make the playoffs in 08 because they did miss by literally one game. But I think by 09 and 10, it would have been a disaster. So I think short term, we would have had some fun with it, but it wasn't going to have like the long term impact if we had pulled off that trade for Manny. I remember him in LA. His defense was horrendous. We yeah. talk about some bad outfielders that we've had on our, on our team. Manny, we would have run him out of town. It would have actually probably been a nightmare. I think eventually it would have. Yeah, he may have led us if they made the trade going into 08 to the playoffs in 08. So maybe that would have, I guess, helped out our anger the following year or two. But it wouldn't have. Looking back on it, that one I don't have the hugest regret about. I don't know how things would have went, to be honest. Obviously, if it leads to a championship in 08, it's all worth it. But I'm not sure if any of that would have happened. I have regrets on on Sheffield. I have regrets on Vlad Guerrero. Those, Those two in particular. Yes, the flat one sucks. Yes. Uh, shoulder. Couple, couple shoulder of other, <laughs> couple of other guys on the ballot. Billy Wagner obviously played for our team. I don't have positive feelings towards Billy. I blame him a lot for what happened in 2006. I thought that Willie Randolph lacked confidence in Billy, hence why Aaron Heilman started a second inning in game seven and pitched that ninth inning. Billy Wagner was not on the mound because Billy Wagner was probably scared of Sotoguchi. And Willie Randolph was afraid of that. So, you know, I know Billy's got a lot of momentum towards making the Hall of Fame. I don't have, I don't want to honor him someday, put it that way. 
I don't want Billy in the freaking Mets Hall of Fame, that's for sure. Alex Rodriguez is still on the ballot. We all know our connections to A-Rod. He should have been a Met after the 2000 season. How that would have rewritten Met history, we'll save that for another podcast. Because I do think that's an hour. (laughs) We can do a whole podcast on A-Rod to the Mets fictitiously in 2000. But he also hit the pop-up on the Luis Castillo drop, so let's not forget that. Uh, Here's a guy who I did not know a lot of this, Omar Vizquel, who's got no shot to get in the Hall of Fame because of his off-the-field issues. Joe McElvain was the general manager of the New York Mets in the early to mid-90s. He is quoted as saying, we tried to trade for Omar Vizquel. Omar Vizquel ended up being traded by Seattle to Cleveland. The Mets were hot for Vizquel. They really wanted a shortstop. They needed a shortstop. The only shortstop they had was Tim Bogart. The Mets turned down. I'll tell you what they turned down and what they offered. All right? They offered Jeremy Burnitz and Ryan Thompson, who were pretty hot prospects at the time. Thompson came back in the Cohen trade, David Cohen trade, and Jeremy Burnitz was a slugging prospect. The Mariners said no to that. Here's the one the Mets turned down, and this is a tough one, man. They turned down a straight-up deal of Omar Vizquel for Bobby Jones. At this point, it is 1993 going into 1994. So you have to keep that in mind. Bobby Jones is our top pitching prospect. I'm not sure if he was ever viewed to the level of, oh, he's the next Tom Seaver. But Bobby Jones had pitched nine games in 1993 and had a 3.65 ERA. He was fine. It was no issue. But he's 23 years old. He's our top pitching prospect. He ended up having a very solid Met career. Wasn't great. Never became an ace. Very inconsistent. Like Bobby Jones would have one start where that balloon curveball would fall in for a strike and he'd dominate. Then he'd have starts where he'd get bombed. And obviously also had an infamous start with us in a positive way when he pitched that one hitter to beat the Giants in 2000, his final year with the Mets. It's easy to say the Mets needed to make this trade because Omar Vizquel, you know, ended up playing for the Cleveland Indians for 11 years and turned himself into a pretty good offensive player like a solid offensive player, but also was a perennial gold glover. We make that trade. There's no Ray Ordonez. We make that trade. Vizquel's our shortstop into the next generation, I assume. So yes, the Mets would have been better off making that trade. Looking at it now with hindsight, I can't kill them for not making the trade the way we kill them for the Jay Payton, Gary Sheffield non-trade. But you think about it, you just said, like, you know, no rare donors, which means no Kaz Matsui, which means money could have been spent other places. It's it's always the, the mistakes that keep on, like, piggybacking off of other mistakes. And not saying that Vizcayel would have been as good with the Mets, and maybe he his career would have shifted somewhere else. We would have traded him somewhere else down the line, too. But, I mean, guy was one of the best defensive shortstops of all time. Yeah, and uh, Joe McElvain wanted him. I mean, he clearly was trying to trade for him, but he had a line, and he didn't want to trade the top prospect in baseball or top pitching prospect for the Mets at the time, which was Bobby Jones. They ended up acquiring Jose Vizcaino right before the season, who was was fine. Like, you know, he was he's not Omar Vizquel, but he was, he was okay. <laughs> I don't want to rip him. I think they made that trade right before the start of the season because they knew they needed a shortstop. But, yeah, Joe McElvain tried to get Omar Vizquel. It didn't work. Uh, a lot of other guys on the ballot are just going to be there for 30 seconds and leave. Jason Worth, Jared Weaver, Houston Street, Johnny Peralta, Mike Napoli, John Lackey, J.J. Hardy, Andre Ethier, 
Jacoby Ellsbury, Bronson Arroyo, and Matt Kane. There are three other guys who are first to the bout who are former Mets. Carlos Beltran, we did a whole podcast on that. If you want to listen back into the archives of Rico Bronia, we devoted an hour plus to Beltran's legacy here. The other two guys, first we have Francisco Rodriguez. It's funny with him. I have a better feeling towards Francisco Rodriguez than I do Billy Wagner. Even though Francisco Rodriguez was really an irrelevant Met in history when you think about it. In 2009, he got off to an amazing start. His first blown save was the Luis Castillo game, which obviously wasn't his fault. He was about to get out of it when he got A-Rod to pop up and was an all-star that year. And in 2010, pitched great. Got hurt, I think missed some time, but pitched great when he pitched. And then in 2011, also pitched well, but the Mets sucked and they got rid of him. So he was only a Met for two and a half years but I don't have any negative feelings towards him. I know he had that embarrassing thing with his father-in-law, got in a fight with him or something. But Francisco Rodriguez is one of those rare Met closers who I don't think Met fans hate. If he showed up at an old-timer's day, he wouldn't get a standing ovation, but I also don't think he would get booed mercifully. Well, because he didn't blow enough saves for us to get, uh, you know, to really get down on him. And he did his job. It's like, but again, it was during an insignificant period. So, like... We talk about this right now, like, hey, Edwin Diaz is the best closer in baseball. It's important to have him part of the Mets, but if they can't get to him, it's it's not going to be worth that move. That that's that was K Rod. K Rod yeah. was great. We just couldn't get there, and it was a little too little too late. Yeah, after the Mets lost in 08, Omar Minaya went out and got yo. I'm sorry, not yeah. Oh, after 08, he went out and realized our bullpen was a big problem. Because remember, Billy Wagner got hurt. Luis Ayala was the closer at the end of the year. And he brought in two key relievers during the offseason, Francisco Rodriguez and J.J. Putz. And the assumption was this fixes all the problems. It didn't. (laughs) Spoiler alert. It did not. It just brought in a new era of Met suckitude. The period of 2009 to 2014 is, I wouldn't say just like, but similar to the period of 02 to 05, or the period of 92 to 96. Just a four-year period of sucking. You know, just a period of never in a pennant race, not relevant, just not good. The other guy on the ballot is R.A. Dickey. R.A. Dickey is obviously not a Hall of Famer, but what a story he is. You mentioned him earlier, Pete, in regards to the Met Hall of Fame. R.A. Dickey was known to Met fans because of Christopher Mad Dog Russo going on a classic R.A. Dickey rant. Because at the time, R.A. Dickey was a starting pitcher for the Mariners. He was 33 years old, and nobody knew who he was. Nobody knew who he was. He had his issues early in his career with Texas, had injuries, became a knuckleballer. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, 
every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Burst back onto the scene in 08, where he pitched to a 5 ERA for the Mariners. But there was a game that he pitched against the New York Mets in 2008, in which an interleague play, R.A. Dickey, walked in a Shea Stadium and pitched seven scoreless innings. It was June 24th, and that day, the New York Mets got embarrassed. They lost the game by a final score of 11 to nothing. Oliver Perez, you may have heard of him, got his shit packed, okay? He got destroyed. And R.A. Dickey, who had a 5 ERA, came out and threw seven scoreless innings and got a base hit in the game. And the next day on the fan, this is my second full year at WFAN, Christopher Russo was solo. Mike was on vacation because they were about to break up. Who knew? A few months later. And Dog went on a rant about Lesnar. I don't do a good dog imitation. I apologize. I'm just, we're having fun here, okay? Hey, listen. You cannot get shut out by R.A. Dickey. R.A. Dickey. Like just screaming and yelling about Dickey. And the way he said it was hilarious. I'll admit it. I was a bitter Med fan. I was upset about the game, but <laughs> it was classic. So I'm convinced Met fans only heard of R.A. Dickey, not even because of the seven scoreless innings, but because of R.A. Dickey. It was a, it was an all-timer. It was an all-timer. I don't know if it's available on YouTube, but boy, people should find it. It was great. I feel like I feel like Boomer and Geo dropped the Dickey line once in a while. I feel like I definitely heard that here and there. You know what? I'll make you a promise. The next Rico Bronya we post, which barring any breaking news, will be posted at some point Wednesday night into Thursday. I promise you I will track it down. And we will play an excerpt of the famous Christopher Russo R.A. Dickey rant. Uh, even if it's just the drop of R.A. Dickey, but I want more than that. I, I'd like to find a good, you know who can find it for us? Dove Kramer. So Pete, ask him tomorrow. <laughs> or, or I'll ask him. True story, okay. Evan. I got the date there. I got the date. Okay, let's say bye, Gabe. June 25th, because the game was June 24th. June 25th, 2008. There you go. Uh, as, far, as far as what Dickey did for the Mets, look, it, he was a beloved Met, again, on a crappy team. And it really started in 2010 when they called him up and out of nowhere pitched to a 280 ERA. And then 2011, 200 innings, makes 32 starts, real solid year. And then obviously puts it all together in 2012, wins the Cy Young. I think we all were on the same page that they needed to trade him. I don't think this was a Wilpon thing. Sometimes we get caught in that. We just blame everything on the Wilpons. This wasn't not wanting to give Dickey an extension because we're cheap. This was being smart. A 38-year-old knuckleballer who won a Cy Young, while he may be productive and make starts, which he did for Toronto, he's never going to repeat it. And here's what Dickey did after they traded him to Toronto. 34 starts, which is amazing. 224 innings, great. 4-2 ERA. Following year, 34 starts, 215 innings. Again, fantastic. 3-7 ERA. 2015, 40 years old, makes 33 starts, 214 innings, 3-9 ERA. He was Bartolo Colon. That's really what he was. He was an older guy, gave you innings, was not great. And that's what Dickey was all the way until the bitter end. 
even with the Atlanta Braves, in his final season at 42 years old. Guy went out, made every start. Guy went out, gave you a ton of innings. But he was never going to come close to being what he was in 2012 when he won that Cy Young. So it was a smart move to trade him. But I have a positive view towards R.A. Dickey. You know, we did what we did. I think what sucks, though, is that trade, which at the time and for a few years looked like an all-timer, has cooled off a bit because everybody's gone. No, Noah Syndergaard's time here is over. Travis Darno's time here is over. So even though, yes, it was a great trade, the Mets made a killing off it, it's kind of like the Beltron trade. Once the big return is gone and no longer helping you, you're like, okay, well, what did we really win? The pennant. I'll give you that. I mean, Darno and Syndergaard contributed to the Mets winning the National League pennant. But that's it. And now they're gone. And now we don't like either guy. <laughs> it, it's like a bad breakup. So that's what that trade turned into. But R.A. Dickey, good Met. But he's never going to get into the Mets Hall of Fame, Pete. (laughs) Well, come on. I mean, the guy's a Cy Young. I think he deserved at least a a nomination. And and again, like the special, it was three years. We talked about limited time. Talked about Johan was only a Met for four years. But you got to take in consideration those that didn't. The team was terrible, but he was great. Um but yeah, overall, I mean, you just look at the the thing that frustrates me more about anything else. And we, you talked about like how 2015, like we've already looking at that team. Most everybody's gone, and that's what sucks the sustainability of this franchise. And that's really where I'm excited to see the future of the Mets. We'll get to that in another podcast. But like Alonzo, maybe getting locked up soon. Hopefully, maybe McNeil. You've already locked up Nemo Lindor. Like you're, if the Mets do something special. These guys are going to be around for like a decade. Yeah, the hope is the Met Hall of Fame and retired numbers are going to be crowded 15 years from now. I did have a a proud moment. My son, my oldest son, Jet, was asked today who his favorite baseball player was. And it's always been Jacob deGrom. And I I admit, a part of that is my influence. He was my favorite player, and he wants to be like that. And he looks at the gentleman who asked him and said, well... It used to be Jacob DeGrom, and now it's Pete Alonso. So it was a proud graduating moment for Jet. As on his own, he said, look, it used to be Jake. I've moved on to Pete, which is a fine answer because you can't say Justin Verlander. <laughs> that would be a horrible answer. So Pete, who will hopefully be here a long time, And I have more confidence that that will be the case. And we will get into his extension and what it could like at a later date, because I think that'll be a big story as we rev up towards spring training. But he has now become the face of the team. I mean, the longest tenured Met is still Brandon Nimmo. So that hasn't changed. But Alonzo was the best offensive player, or one of the best offensive players. Uh, He is going to very quickly become the David Wright of our era. Did you get Jet the Pete Alonzo jersey yet? No, because last year when I asked him, do you want a jersey, he requested Edwin Diaz. Now, I bought my youngest son Spence a Pete Alonzo jersey because I guess I was forcing it upon him or at least suggesting to him, Pete, be your guy. So we'll see. Going into the new season, maybe now Jet wants a Pete Alonzo. I I have a win here. I told you, everybody in this household is a Yankee fan but me. But I talked to Anthony, my five-year-old, and I keep on going, "Do do you want a Pete Alonzo jersey? He's like, yeah. So I'm going to get a Alonzo jersey before the start of the season. So I feel like that's a win. There you go. That's progress right there. 
Uh, later this week, we'll get more into the current team and the current state of this roster as we creep a little bit closer to spring training. I mean, we are weeks away from pitchers and catchers reporting. Also discuss the impact the World Baseball Classic may have on the Mets and many other topics, including our rewatch, which we'll get to soon, and the could-have-been-Mets edition of Rico Brown. You can email us anytime, the B at gmail.com, and obviously tweet at us. I'll be with Craig Monday through Friday at 2, Pete with Tiki and Tierney at 10 a.m. on WFAN. We appreciate you downloading and listening to Rico Bronya. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.